Hello, I'm Carol Carman, and on behalf of denisofgruntyfen.co.uk, I'd like to welcome you to this Grunty Fen podcast. Later on, there's a special free episode for you to enjoy. It's the one where Dennis of Grunty Fen takes Christopher South on a tour of Grunty Fen Christmas lights. But we begin with some personal reminiscences from Mr South. I went to visit him at his home, and as we sat by the fire in his library, I asked him, what were his memories of Christmas in Grunty Fen? It was a curious contrast. You arrived at this squalid dump of a place, crumbling sheds, you had to drag yourself through brambles, you had to find your way round the outside of the Great Puddle, which, as you know very curiously, was deeper on the outside than it was in the middle, full of filthy ducks quacking around in the mire, nasty animals, even rats, I think, sometimes, scuttling off in all directions. And you'd get to the LNER, the London and North Eastern Railway carriage that Dennis had lived in ever since he was a little boy with his 92-year-old grandmother. And inside, magic. Christmas fairyland. Decorated, warm, comfortable and cheery. And it was... I can remember... As you crossed the puddle, you could hear Dennis warming up for Christmas. In the days before Christmas, he kept warm, not only by burning logs in the range, but by playing the pianola. And because it was such hard work peddling away, and he always, on cold mornings, would put in the William Tell Overture role. And that was very hard work. And that warmed him up. And I, I associate the William Tell Overture with Christmas more than I do carols at King's. It's very strange. One of the curiosities of Dennis's whole life, especially at Christmas, was that here we had a man who never did a day's work in his life for an employer. I mean, he worked quite hard from time to time, but in his own way, at his own pace, on his own things. He never had a proper job. He never seemed to have any money at all. And yet, they lived so comfortably. He and his granny had roast joints when most of us would settle for a chop or a hamburger. They had roast joints. She was such a good cook. My gum. I've just remembered her batter puddings, her Yorkshire puddings. Fluffy at the top and crunchy underneath. I've always wanted to be able to cook a batter pudding like that. Some Christmases, his gran would put on a bit of show for me. She knew I was coming, Mr South from the BBC. I never met her. All the years I visited Dennis and his gran at the LNER, I never set eyes on that dear lady, although she was so much part of my life, and sometimes she was very close to me. One Christmas, Dennis said, would you like to hear gran whistle for you? She was a celebrated siffleurs, and um, she had to put in a special pair of false teeth for whistling with. She didn't normally wear false teeth at all. She Only if she wanted to sort of, sort of open a bottle or something would she actually. But she had special whistling false teeth. And these were called her Egnazals. Now, you may think it's a very funny name for false teeth. But it comes from the fact that when she had them made, she went to the dentist and she didn't tell the dentist when he was taking the impression for the, the plastic bit that held the teeth in her mouth that she was sucking a lozenge, and so that it became part of the impression. 
And so you got lozenge backwards on the teeth, so that it said Egnazol or something like that. And anyway, she wore them for whistling. And on this occasion, I remember so clearly, there was Granny in the first class, which was the compartment next to the parlour part of the LNER, um, and the kitchen was, was beyond, or scullery as it was called. Anyway, she was in first class, and the door opened just about three inches, little mahogany door, and I could see shadows moving, and it was Gran. That's the most I ever saw of her. Gran, and she began to whistle, and she was famous for her performance of The Dream of Olwyn. She used to do it at village concerts. It really makes the hair stand up on the back of my neck to remember this incredible old lady with such a vigorous whistle. There she was, very old, with her special teeth in, and then the door shut after the performance of The Dream of Olwyn. And we went back to whatever it is that Dennis and I used to do when we were talking at Christmas. I remember, I said that she put on a special show for us. Several Christmases she made tea for me. And we would sit there. She would never join us. I don't know why. I think she was slightly overawed by having somebody from the BBC. I mean, she was pretty terrified of the vicar. But she... Anyway, tea in the LNER invariably involved cheese straws. And they were the longest cheese straws you've ever seen in your life. They varied between 9 and 15 inches long. I'm not fibbing. Uh, there was a good reason for this. One of the most valuable assets, the, the sort of domestic contrivances that she was very proud of, was a cake stand with three layers of, of sort of silver wire supporting three plates. But she didn't have the plates. She had no plates that fitted the hoop of wire. So she had to cook everything at a length that would stretch across. So we had cheese straws that were at least a foot long in order to secure them. Now, this could be calamitous. I hope I'm not boring you, but, I mean, I, I, this stays in my mind so clearly. that Another part of tea was always the Swiss roll. And if there's a sort of slight edge of ominousness in my voice when I say Swiss roll, it's for good reason. Because her Swiss rolls were quite remarkable. The word Dennis used for the sponge that she made was resilient as very very resilient mr Southey used to say and it was it was only with great difficulty that the dear lady managed to roll up the flat slab of sponge that she'd baked in the range uh, and and make it stay as a roll the, the most i can remember dennis saying that no jam will hold it that's only it's only marmalade that's sufficiently adhesive, he used to say. That's, that's only the adhesiveness of marmalade that will beat the resilience of the roll, he used to say. Anyway, so this marmalade-adhered Swiss roll was presented. And as you look at it, it would slowly begin to unroll. And it, in unrolling, it was defying the extra security of crochet hooks hat pins, knitting needles, skewers. It was pierced like a joint to try to hold it in and stop it springing open. And in the course of polite conversation, you could, you could see this Swiss roll wriggling. And just occasionally, 
well actually more often than not, it would suddenly spring open and go back to the condition it had always wanted to be in, which was flat. So it would sp send splatters of marmalade across the room and knock the cheese straws off the cake stand into the trifle. I forgot to tell you about the trifle. Perhaps you wouldn't want to hear about that because it, it was... I, yes, there were things in that trifle I don't want to go into. So, I mean, Christmas in the LNER was a happy, cosy occasion. And the outside world impinged only a little, but sometimes very, very attractively. I can remember, and I can, I, whenever I think about it, I can almost cry. You will have heard of, you remember Sally Field, who was the, the very poor wife. She was the poorest person in the village, and she had an, an enormous family of children. Nobody, even she, was never quite sure how many children she did have, but it was... It was probably ten. It was very hard to count them all. And she was married to Slippery Sam, this despicable man. He was just a lovable rogue. All those children were named after the prisons he'd been in. There was little Ford and Bedford. And the eldest daughter was called Little Haley because he'd been in Little Hay Prison. Now, she was an angel, and she used to come round carol singing. Oh, I can remember now. You could hear them with her, her brothers and sisters coming across the yard in the darkness. And then you'd hear them singing outside. And although that poor child led a wretched life, as her mother's did, her mother at that time of year, around Christmas, her only source of income, because Slippery Sam was always in prison, her only source of income was sprout picking. And she used to go out into the frosted fields, because you know sprouts are supposed to be better when they've had the frost on them. So she'd go out from dawn to dusk picking sprouts. Anyway, that was a hard life, and Haley shared it with her mother. But by some miracle, Haley was an angelic child. She was born with good manners. A little angel coming out of the grub, grubby sordidness of, of life in that crowded bungalow out on the fen. And she used to sing once in Royal David City at the door of the LNER. And you'll have to believe me, I have never heard it better sung, not even in King's College Chapel. It was sublime. Standing there in the mud, ducks quacking round. I do wish, looking back, that I could speak as happily of the music at Granty Fen Parish Church at Christmas. The trouble is, the music was always attended by a great deal of anxiety before Christmas ever came around. Because, of course, Dennis was in charge of the mechanical side of the organ. Miss Edwards actually played the machine. I say machine because it, quite honestly, was more of a machine than an instrument. Dennis not only was in charge of pumping, they never did get electrified. He was pumping in the pump cupboard, but he was also in charge of the whole mechanics of the thing. And over the years, he'd taken it to pieces several times. And every time he put it together again, there was always something left over that he couldn't find a home for. And some notes, parts of whole scales, were just missing. So they had to choose the Christmas hymns, or indeed the hymns at any time of year, 
that could be played on an organ that had quite a bit missing. Miss Edwards used to do arrangements that left out some notes to disguise the absence of the note in the instrument itself. The only one they could play with any absolute confidence was For All in Peril on the Sea. But that always seemed so inappropriate for Christmas, so they, they didn't sing that. They just did their best. The choir was really even worse than the organ. I'm sorry to have to say this. Everybody blamed the vicar. What was his name? Stupid Partridge. His real name wasn't stupid at all, but everybody called him stupid, the Reverend Stupid Partridge. His real name was Quintin, poor soul, who had a wife who was an atheist and used to tell fortunes, but we won't go into that. Anyway, the reason the choir was so appalling was that most of them simply, well, they, they had sore throats. And the reason they had sore throats was not because they were ill, but because they had been singing elsewhere. If you really want a good Christmas, you want religion, then go to the little village of Pious End out on the Fens. Remarkable for two statistics. Those statistics vary from year to year, but broadly speaking, it is a parish with a population of about 57 and round about 18 or 19 places of worship. They come and go, chapels fall down, new chapels are put up, new sects are invented. But Pious End is the focus of religious activity, and they all want their own Christmas carol service. Now, with a small population, most of whom, incidentally, are members of several sects, and sometimes devise their own, they are tremendously in demand. So that the only way for most of the sects to get a choir for their Christmas carol service, and I can't think of another way of saying it, it was bribery. Various blandishments, as, as Dennis would call them, blandishments were handed out. Not often money. I mean, something more tangible, like a net of sprouts or something like that. And this would encourage sopranos, basses, altos, and so on, um, to go from sect to sect, chapel to chapel at Pius End, and take part. Now, stupid Partridge, and maybe this is why the poor man was called stupid, he set his face against bribery. He thought it was irreligious. He may be right, I don't know. Anyway, the result was that only as a last resort would the parishioners of Granty Fen sing in their own church. And by the time they got round to it, then they were exhausted singing in other churches. You never heard such a pitiful row in your life. I've just remembered another anxiety before Christmas and it went on much longer than getting the organ ready. There was the whole dreadful business of deciding what Dennis was going to send to his mother who lived with his stepfather, Buzz, the American tech sergeant, as was, uh, and Calhoun, Georgia, where they ran a dry cleaning business. A dry cleaning business in a back street where there was no footfall and the only business they got was from other dry cleaning businesses in the centre of Calhoun who, when they were given clothing that was too filthy for their attention, there was a peanut butter factory in the town and the overalls worn there were beyond, or they were unspeakable. So they all came to... I'm digressing. So Dennis had to decide what he was going to send to his mother, whom he had not seen for 
40 years or more since she went to America with Buzz, never came back, what was he going to send her? If I tell you that he was over-ambitious, that's really understating it. I can remember the year he decided he was going to send her a nest of tables. He'd only got one table. The whole idea had been given to him by the fact that he found this little occasional table. And he spent months trying to find other tables that were of the right dimensions to fit inside or outside the only table he had. He did eventually succeed, but they were complete mismatches. I mean, one was limed oak, one was ebonized wood, black, and there was a plastic table in the middle. So you got, I mean, there were, not a, there were three tables. It was not a nest of tables, except that they did fit inside one another. And he went, he was going to post these to Georgia. I don't think he realised. I mean, the expense of air mailing was impossible. He sent them surface mail in the end. But whether they arrived at Christmas, he, he very seldom got much word from his mother. Some Christmases she just didn't, she didn't thank him for the present he'd gone to so much trouble to find for her and post. But quite honestly, would you send a gushing letter full of love and gratitude if you received three slightly wobbly tables made of completely different materials? But Dennis never wavered in his love for his mother and at Christmas she was the centre of his thoughts along with his gran. There was happy Christmases. Very happy Christmases, with no money at all. That's Christopher South speaking to me at his home about the festive season in Grunty Fen. And now, that free episode I mentioned earlier. Let me take you back to December 2001, when Mr South requisitioned a BBC radio car and braved the bleak, boggy landscape, guided by Dennis, on a tour of Grunty Fen Christmas Lights. Good evening, and as the long shadows of a winter eventide stretch out across the vastness of the primordial fen landscape, Dennis and I welcome you to our special Christmas contribution from Radio Grunty Fen. Hang on a moment, Mrs. What's wrong? I wish like you. Go. I don't want to be stuck in that little radio car of yours for hour after hours busting myself. Oh, very well then. I won't be long. I should hope. Yes, well, while we await the return of my GF1 colleague, let me explain the purpose of this evening's little seasonal safari. Oh, um, this is a time not only for family festivities, whether in the light of the hearth to share thoughts on years past and the years ahead, it's also a time for conviviality in a community setting. Finish, Good. As I was saying, where was I? Oh, I've lost my place now. Um, oh, yes, yes. Uh, in the light of the hearth, to share thoughts You've of time... you already said that. Have I? Oh, yes, yeah. Where was I then? It really is terribly difficult when you're hiding behind that bush also and... Also a time for conviviality in the community. Uh, oh, yes, yes, thank you. Also a time for conviviality in a community where, through good fellowship, neighbours who may see little of one another throughout the... Uh, uh, welcome oh. back. Uh, 
Them PG tips, they go straight through you, don't they? Uh, where, through good fellowship, neighbours who may see little of one another all year... One thing before we set off. What now? How much do this little BBC wireless car of yours weigh? Weigh? I see that depend on which way we go. Well, how should I know how much the radio car weighs? Well, if that's under a ton, we was thinking we might risk a run at Rat Dyke Bridge. Oh, I don't think the chief engineer would like that. Otherwise, we'll have to go all round by bloat, much yes. armed, in market, gloat and windy yeah, well, I'd, I'd, I'd much rather go the long way than, than risk the radio car at Rat Dyke Bridge. Oh, you're Bridge, probably right. Yes, I think I am. You know, Willy Ollie got stuck there for best part oh, of a week the, the back mobile, last January. The mobile was fish and chip fan man yeah. got stuck to Couldn't it. even have a fry, him being stuck at such angles, see? Yeah. All his fat slopped into the dike. Dennis, what has this got to do with our Christmas light spectacular? No, I was only explaining, wasn't I? I was only agreeing with you. All right, all right. If you're really quite ready, let's start out on our tour of the spectacular Christmas lighting effects to be seen among the settlements. Lost all his battering, oh. Oh, Dennis. You know, people was finding onion rings right down as far as Denver Sleuth. Really, were they? How interesting. It doesn't. Sorry, Miss Ethan, how much do you think of me? Christmas lights. I mm. am trying to do Blackpool. Just, <laughs> my problem is I've never actually seen these famous Fenland Christmas lights. Please peas went oh, the way. Dennis, Dennis. Why do you reckon that is, Miss What? Ethan? What? Well, the onion rings going one way and the mushy peas go another. Dennis, I really could. Well, she had the peas in the bucket on Dennis, the floor. Do you think we it? could just for one moment forget the time Oily Oily got his fish and chip van stuck for a week at Rat Dyke Bridge and concentrate? On the matter in hand. Oh, sorry, Miss Hayes. Sorry, you're, you're quite right. Thank you. Say, so sometimes me mind tend to wander. Really? Uh, really? Do you really think so? Mm. Now, you were saying you ain't never seen the spectacular that's Christmas right. lights at Pasgood. Ah, yes. Yes, that's right. Pasgood. Now, Pasgood, I've been studying the map. I find a village called well, Pasgood. See, that they're spelt Passion St. Just. But it's pronounced Pasgood. I see. Right. Well, where is it? I mean... I Just you get started and I'll show you. <clears throat> Right, okay. Off we go then, in search of the Christmas lights. Now take the next left. It says no through road. Oh, we'll be going up a lot of no through roads before we're done. Sure, they don't put the signs up for nothing. I mean, right. if it says. Now, now, it now take the second on the, on the right then. Second right, second right, pay attention. You nearly had us in Salt Marsh's Slurry Lagoon. So much Sorry, there's mud everywhere. I didn't see. Now, you'll find there's a nasty hole in the road about 50 yards ahead on your left. Oh, good heavens. Was it a crater? Left over from the war? Is it a bomb crater? Ah, that's when they was trying to put in the natural gas, wasn't it? Oh, an explosion was there? A nah, moment? gas company kept coming day after day trying to connect crudely dank and bitter end. Yeah. What was the problem? Uh, there's pipes, didn't they? Had the gas pipes? Who? Night after night. Give up in the end, didn't they? Do you mean the local people stole the gas That's pipes? That's a historical hole, Miss Huth. They took the... You know, there's a lot of W.O.s when they go on a mystery tour, they ask to see that hole, you know. Really? Mm. Pretty hard up for science to see. Dennis, 
Just when will we get to passions and as good as, as you call it? All in good time, Miss Earth. Just you keep straight on up this here road. That signpost. Oh, a chilling, burnt groin, little strain in Coffinwood, yeah. Yeah, and Tarnish Hall End, Owl's Bottom, Blear. I've never heard of any of these places. I mean, I've been, just, I've been coming this way for years and years and years, ah, but I've never... but you ain't never come down this road, have well, you? Maybe so, but, but even so, sure, surely I would have heard of some uh, Owl's they, Bottom. They don't take kindly to strangers, you Really? Know. At Tarnish mm. Hall End and Owl's Bottom and Burnt Groin. Chilling, coffin wood, and little straining. They don't take kindly to strangers. Really. But where are we now? Oh, don't you fret, Miss Heath. We seem to have been driving for hours. Mm. We'll get the Christmas lights soon enough. I keep saying that. I don't recognise any of this area. Like I was saying, a lot of people come this way, you know. We must have gone up at least six no-through roads. We should be quite close to Pious End. Pious End? But but that's that's right over... <laughs> see that, Miss Heath? What? Over there. I can't see. Yeah. That'll be Pious End's Christmas light. Christmas light. Singular. Well, they always leave the light on in the bus shelter over Christmas. Is that what we've come here to see? That's a hundred what? We've come all this way to see a light bulb in a bus shelter. No, I told you I'm going to show you the Christmas lights of Pasgood. Oh, yes, 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 Pasgood, Pasgood. Fenland's answer to Blackpool. And what you're looking at now, twinkling out over the fin, that's a sort of taster, isn't it? Really? A sort of taster? For the spectacular effects to come. Really? Well, where do I drive now, then? What direction? Get to see the glories of Pious End's illuminated bus shelter. Get to it? Yeah. Get to it? Yeah, where do I... Where, how do you I turn... can't get to it. What do you mean, can't get to it? Well, not to know it leastways. Really? It's only, it's, only, it's only half a mile away at the most. Ah, right. As the crow flies. Well, I'd say it was probably only a quarter of a mile. But you ain't a crow. What are you getting at? Miss Heath, that may be a quarter of a mile away as the crow flies, but that's more like 50 or 60 mile per road, isn't it? Surely the... Oh, yeah, I see what you mean. The, the dikes, the ditches, the various water courses. Well, see, there, there's crudely swamp for a start, crudely and then if swamp. you was lucky enough to find a way across that, there's dank mire. Then you got goat dike. Marsh, ain't you? And then there's goat. Primrose Bank and goat. Drench Drain, Craven. Hey, hang on, hang on, hang on. Craven Narrows, Black Gleanings, you've got Cold Bottom. Did you say Primrose Bank? Well, they don't do Christmas lights there, Miss Huth. Primrose Bank? Ain't nothing much there now. these vile sounding dumps. A place called Primrose Bank. Awful sheds used to be there before they moved oh, them to Windy Huts, you know. I knew it, I knew it. The awful yeah. sheds of Primrose That where the sanitary said they'd had a shift. Mm. Sanitary. For health reasons. Really. You know. So Primrose 
bank mate you only just hope the of... ruins of awful sheds there now do you want to have a look at no, them there missing what, what, what to, to view some ruined awful sheds no Dennis no, I, really I suppose that would take us a bit out of this way. yeah right let's press on let's press on towards the refulgent splendours of has good Christmas lights. You just wait, Miss Heath. <laughs> You're in for a treat, you are. You, see, you keep saying. Hey, hang on. Which way do I take here? Look, the signpost says Reek to the left and Heathen Drove to oh, the yeah. right. Oh, you've been Heathen Drove for years. Shall I turn to... No, 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 left, left. Uh, right, left, oh, to Reek. Very well. Oh, grow marvellous leeks at Reek, they do. Really? Leeks? Uh... Thick as your arm, a Reek leek. Really? You ain't tasted a leek till you tasted a Reek leek, Miss Really? Really? If you say so. Ah! Say, look, at last, on the horizon. Oh, thank uh, heavens. Look, say, look, yeah. over there to the left of that extremely rusty Nissan hut. On the horizon, do you see there? Oh, yeah, yeah, I see oh, them now. Oh, at last, the glinting Christmas lights of Pasgood. Oh, ah, that's the reek leak pullers. Sorry. Night shift. Leak pullers? Working by hurricane lamps. Pulling leaks by the light. That's a terrible shift after dark. Oh, you see, you can't always see the slugs. Dennis, I don't think I want to know. Very slimy trade, yes. night leak puller. How much further must we go? Oh! oh my Dennis! Oh! Freeze! Oh! Hey, look what you've done. Me? Dennis, look! Oh! Where? How did it? I mean, drivers right into swamp washes you up. Oh, well, the engine's gone. How can I start? I mean, that's for sure. The engine's gone. Down. Oh, I'm then. Your knee. Why don't you my... keep an eye out? You were supposed to be navigating. Driver. Oh. Well, now you've got us in a right pickle, Neil. Oh, but I was only doing what you said I had to do. Got my glasses all white. What are we going to do oh, now? I shall have to go and get the help, I reckon. Where are you going? Dennis, I, I don't think... be able to get through to Pius Inn. But you said yourself that it was 50 miles Yes, you sit tight and Dennis. don't attempt to leave the car while on the way. Lock your doors. Look, why? Why lock the doors? Never mind. Oh, my knee. Oh, if a woman come round dressed like a nun, don't you let her in with you, whatever you do. Nun? Keep her out the car. Nun? And the worst she can do is have your windscreen wipers and your wing mirrors and that. Dennis. And I, 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 I gotta get on. But, but Dennis. If I don't see you again for a while, have a happy Christmas, Miss Happy Christmas? Dennis. Happy Christmas. Thank you for listening to this podcast brought to you by Grunty Fennery, keepers and purveyors of all things Dennis. If you'd like to know more about the world of Grunty Fen, please visit dennisofgruntyfen.co.uk where you can also buy further episodes and memorabilia. If you have any comments on this podcast or suggestions for further topics for Mr South, we'd welcome your emails on dennis at dennisofgruntyfen.co.uk dot co dot uk